Hello everyone, this is Pastor Philip Beatty from Hartford City Church in Hartford, Connecticut. I want to welcome everyone to this Going Deeper in James podcast. This is episode number two. Today we're going to be talking about prosperity and God's perspective on prosperity from James chapter 1 verses 9 through 11. This series is intended to be a chance to go deeper into the book of James that we will be preaching through on Sunday mornings from Easter until Pentecost. So today we're going to look at James chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And again, we are going to read it from the message version of the Bible first, and then from the New International Version of the Bible. So we're going to talk about God's perspective on prosperity, especially as it relates to perseverance under pressure, which is the main theme of James chapter 1. So let's begin. James chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. When down and outers get a break, cheer. And when the arrogant rich are brought down to size, cheer. Prosperity is as short-lived as a wildflower, so don't ever count on it. You know that as soon as the sun rises, pouring down its scorching heat, the flower withers, its petals wilt, and before you know it, that beautiful face is a barren stem. Well, that's a picture of the prosperous life. At the very moment everyone is looking on in admiration, it fades away to nothing. And again, James chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, from the New International Version of the Bible. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with the scorching heat and withers the plant, The blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. I believe in these passages that James is calling us to have a perspective shift. In the same way that when we are going through a process and when we are under pressure, when trials and challenges come at us from all angles, we need to shift our perspective. James is telling us in a similar way We need to shift our perspective about prosperity when things are going well, when we're in that particular process of success, or at least success as it is defined by the world. So let's take a look at what that perspective shift would look like so that we can begin to see things from God's perspective. The first thing that James is telling us is that success is seasonal. Prosperity and riches don't last forever. He uses the image of a wildflower to say that our earthly success, riches, money, wealth is something that will fade like a wildflower fades. And because success is seasonal and prosperity and riches don't last forever, therefore those things do not define you and me and are not a measurement of success in God's eyes. So money, how much money you have is not a measurement of success in God's eyes. How much material wealth I may have, the possessions I have, boats, houses, whatever, those are not a measure of success in God's eyes. Your status or position, how famous you are, how big your platform is, how many followers or likes you get on social media, how high you are in the company that you work for, none of that is a measurement of success in God's eyes. And it is also temporary, every single one of those things. A lot of people are looking for security, especially financial security, trying to keep everyone safe, everything safe, having enough money. 
Everyone is seeking what we call the good life. And the good life is often defined by these things that I mentioned. Money, wealth, possession, status, position, fame, security, financial security. But those are not measurements of success in God's eyes. In fact, those are things that are very seasonal. They're not permanent. They will fade. They will not last. You can see how this is similar to what James was saying about difficult times, kind of on the flip side, that we know that we must go through what we have to go through, but that we will get to the other side. So in other words, adversity comes to us all. It doesn't matter how worldly successful we are. Those things at some point will fade and adversity will come again. So we must be prepared for all seasons of life. You know, sometimes it's helpful when we're going through bad times to say, this too shall pass. But I believe that James wants us to remember that even in the good times, wisdom teaches us to also say, this too shall pass. So in other words, God is calling us to focus on things that are eternal and not temporary. Jesus was talking about this a little bit in the Sermon on the Mount, and I want to quote from that sermon from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Jesus said, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Treasures in heaven. So we know that being a Christian, being a real Christian, means that I have a different standard of success. In fact, those who call themselves Christians but have the worldly standards of success, they have not yet had the perspective shift that makes them a deeper and truer follower of Jesus Christ. The perspective shift is, how do I invest or work for things that are eternal? What Jesus calls those treasures in heaven. How do I lay up for myself treasures in heaven? Well, I begin by asking myself, what is eternal? What really does last? Most of the things that we work for in this life, they will not last. I think sometimes the artists come the close to creating something, closest to creating something eternal because a piece of music or a work of art or a poem or a book, those are things that may last from the time they are created until Jesus comes again. It's possible. But what do we know for sure really lasts? What do we know for sure is eternal? Well, the first thing that I know for sure is eternal is my relationship with God through Jesus Christ, because I believe that that is with me now and that will be with me forever. So anything that I do to invest or work on or build my relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that is something eternal. That's something I should invest in. That's something I should pour my effort and time and resources into, my relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I know that God has created my soul, my spirit, or my essence to be eternal. And therefore, the quality of my spirit of who I am, in other words, my character, is eternal. So when I'm working on my character in the way that especially James is talking about in chapter 1, I know that that has eternal rewards because my spirit, my soul is going, my essence is going to live forever. Therefore, I know that my relationships with other people are also eternal especially those people that accept and believe in Jesus Christ. Those are the people that I will spend eternity with in the new heaven and the new earth and the kingdom of God. And that brings me to the last thing that I know is eternal, which is the kingdom of God, which I define as God's purposes and his plans uh, for life, for existence. 
Now, the kingdom of God is not something I have to wait for. It's something that has begun right now. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within us, that the kingdom of God is beginning to grow right now from the time he walked this earth 2,000 years ago. He said the kingdom of God, it's small. You have to look for it here and there, but it's growing and it's growing. And one day when Jesus comes again, everything will be about the kingdom of God. There will be a new heaven, a new earth, and that will be eternal. And everything about the kingdom of God is eternal. I know that my relationships relationships with other people are eternal because they have eternal souls. And I know that my relationship with God is eternal because he's made my soul to be eternal and God himself is eternal. So those are things that I believe that we should invest in, that we should use as our measurement of success. And again, in God's eyes, success doesn't mean results because the results belong to God. But success to God, I believe, is being obedient and being faithful to what he has told us to do. That's all we have to do. Uh, being successful in God's eyes is taking care of our own soul. And, and working on our relationships with other people. You know, it's really about love and joy and peace and all those fruit of the Spirit that are mentioned in Galatians. That is what success is. And so we need to have a perspective shift so that we can focus and invest in things that are eternal, things that will last forever, things that are part of the plans and purposes of God. And that is the, the wisest way that we can live our lives. And one of the things that motivates us to do that is realizing that every earthly possession, wealth, success, prosperity is temporary, it will fade away, and it will not last forever. The Apostle Paul mentored a young man named Timothy who became a pastor in the early Christian church in the New Testament era, and, it, and he wrote him a letter, and this is a section from his letter, 1 Timothy 6, where he gives him some advice concerning this very issue. Paul said to Timothy, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous, to be willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take a hold of life that is truly life. There again is that idea, laying up treasures as a firm foundation for the coming age, investing in what is really important. And he's saying that to invest in what's important, we should be generous. We should share what we have. We should be rich not in money, but in good deeds. That we shouldn't put our security or our trust in wealth or anything of this world, but to put our hope in God, because God will provide everything that we need for our enjoyment. Isn't that such a beautiful sentiment? God not only gives us what we need, but he gives us things for our enjoyment, and we need to trust God. Now, some people say, does that mean if I'm a Christian, I have to sell everything, give it to the poor, and give away everything? Well, I don't know what the answer is for you. Jesus did encounter a rich young man, and he told that young man that he should sell everything he had and give it to the poor. Because Jesus knew for that guy that he needed to experience the joy of helping others. He needed to experience the joy of being generous, of giving it all away, knowing that the man was young and the man was successful. And when you're young and successful, even if you lose everything, even if you lose your job, even if the stock market crashes, even if something happens, with God in your life, you know that he probably had the ability to get it all back and even more. You see, he didn't have to be afraid because he could trust God to provide for him. So that's how you can give away everything because you know that God will provide for you and sometimes even more than what you had before. But God knew that was a path for that man. 
And so God may have a different path for you. God may be challenging you in a different area uh, as it relates to this. But you need to listen to what God is saying to you so that you can respond in obedience. And that is simply the measure of success that God wants. He wanted the young man to learn to be obedient to whatever he had to say and to trust him that he would always provide. And that's what we need to do. So some of us may need to say, hey, it's time for me to stop worrying about money my job, my possessions, my fame, my success, my status, and start investing in my relationship with God and in my relationship with other people. And I think that's what it's all about. And I think the true Christian, the real Christian, not the fake Christian, not the talk a good talk Christian, but the Christian who walks the walk is the one who puts time and energy and investment into their relationship with God and their relationship with other people. That's called putting the kingdom of God first, his plans and his purposes first in my life. So I have a question for you today as we conclude that I want you to think about and answer because your answer to this question will actually direct and guide your life. How do you define success from God's perspective, from the eternal? And I encourage you when you get a chance to get somewhere and write it down. Say, this is my definition of success. This is what my goal in life is, and it's going to be from God's perspective from the eternal perspective. And then I have a couple of other questions just as a way of you and me being able to check our lives to see if we are really living out what God wants us to live out. So here's the first question. How am I investing in God's kingdom and his purposes for the world today? That's a great question, isn't it? Wake up every morning and say, how am I going to invest in God's kingdom and his purposes today? And when we answer that question, then we will know how we are actively obeying and following the Word of God. Second question is, how am I investing in other people today? See, it's so easy to go through our days and make it all about us or let it be all about us or just think about us. And when I say us, even our family, you know, even just, you know, we we keep everything really close and it's just all about that. And that's certainly important. We need to take care of those around us and we need to take care of ourselves. yes. But sometimes we think it's just going to happen. But it happens when we have an intention to make it happen. And then upon that intention, we actually have a specific plan. And when we do that specific plan, then we have confidence to know that we're not just listening to God's word, but we are doing God's word. So again, how am I investing in people today? I believe these things will really help us to succeed in life from God's perspective. So again, how do I find success? How do I define success from God's perspective? How am I investing in God's kingdom and his purposes for the world today? And how am I investing in other people today? Take those questions with you. Let the Spirit of God speak to you and be transformed to become more and more the person that Jesus Christ is created you to be. God bless you, and I look forward to being with you again in our next episode. Also, if you want to participate in the Sunday morning messages through the book of James, please join us at 15 Vernon Street in Hartford, Connecticut at 1030 a.m. each and every Sunday. You can find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Hartford City Church. Our website is hartfordcitychurch.com. And we encourage you to get involved in each and every way that you can. God bless you all. I'll be with you next time on the podcast. And I hope to see you if you're able on Sunday morning as well.